0: This is Speaking, Speaking with the, the enemy. enemy on the Tie Cats Audio Network. Here is Louie Budko.
1: Yes, the show Speaking with the Enemy, the Enemy this week, the Calgary Stampeders, and the Tie Cats are attempting to do something they haven't done uh, since I was in grade school. Uh, I mean, you're probably in the same boat there, Danny. The Tie Cats have not won in Calgary since 2004. Uh, that, that, that is quite the streak. Oh.
0: How old do you think I am? Like, I was not in grade school in 2004. That's insane.
1: You're, mid, you're mid-30s. You're mid-30s. Young, yeah. young, early 30s, right? Yeah. <laughs> I got you. I got you here, man. But 2004, I mean, that's a statistical anomaly at that point. I mean, to, to, and, and that includes the Grey Cup in 2019. I mean, the Ticats do not play well in Calgary.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to make sense of. Like, admittedly, sort of 2008 is when sort of John Huffnagel, Takes over and uh, there's a lot of teams that haven't had a ton of success against Calgary, but um, no, 2004. I I can't make heads or tails of that. Um, That's that's just that's nonsense to be perfectly honest. (laughs) You you know, at some point you feel like that that streak has to break. I'm not sure. It feels like it's going to necessarily be Friday, but um, yeah, that's weird.
1: Yeah, it's 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 one of those stats that every day I kind of find. Another angle on it where it's like, well, you know, the last time the Ticats won in Calgary, Orlando Steinauer was winning his second great cup as a player and was still four years away from retiring as a player. So it's just one of those weird stats that like, you know, 2004, uh, a long, long time ago, if the Ticats were to do it, it's going to be tough. You mentioned this, the, the, the stamps are coming off the bye week. And maybe, you know, teams have those bye weeks where y- you really need one. It didn't seem like Calgary really needed this one. They seem to be going into uh, a bit of a role hitting uh, hitting this last bye week.
0: Yeah, I and mean, I couldn't really say it better myself. It's weird. Like, I think that with a bye week, you can always use the, the rest. Like, this is football. Getting a, you know, rest in the body um, is not a bad thing ever. But, I mean, I think they allowed, what, 13 points in their previous two games, including – twenty nine two win over the Argos. Um, they sort of the the week earlier against the Lions. Like honestly, it was a garbage time end of game touchdown that the Lions scored. So the defense was really really locked in. I still think that there's some questions about the offense. Um, but yeah, this this sort of felt like the timing wasn't great for the bye week. Even though I mean they hadn't had one since I, I don't think early July. So like mm-hmm. it was it was certainly necessary from a physical standpoint. But um, this, is, this was starting to look like a really, really good football team, so I'm going to be curious. Um, against what I I'm imagine is a pretty desperate die-cats team, hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's bizarre. I was looking at it like the Stampeders sort of hold a lot of people's fate in their hands because they've got obviously Hamilton this week and then two against the Riders. So it's like if the Stamps lose on Friday and then beat the Riders twice, they're certainly a better team than the Riders. It's like they keep the riders out of the playoffs. It's sort of funny.
1: They I mean, they, they, they control the East right now. Isn't that, isn't that the story? I mean, they, they really do con- control what happens with that crossover spot with the tie cats. And then, you know, the tie cats will have to take care of business uh, against Ottawa and then in Ottawa to finish the year. Uh, you mentioned some questions about the offense, Jake Mayer, it's his offense. It's his team. Now. Uh, what have you seen from him since uh, you know being elevated to QB one?
0: Yeah, he's been good. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, expectations were so high because sort of the three starts that he had in 2021 um, people sort of thought of them as sort of the second coming of Doug Flutie, or at least the the people who emailed me incessantly about it. (laughs) Um, And I I think more than what we've seen from him is that he is a good young quarterback. He has the accuracy down, but there's still improving that you're going to want to see. And that's true of any young quarterback, right? I mean, um, took Nathan Rourke a a year to get going. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, he's looked like an MOP candidate, but he has he's put the ball in his receiver's hands and done enough. And to be honest, I mean, this Stampeders Peters team, the, the offense is run by like it, it it's a running offense. Mm-hmm. They have the best running offense in the league, which is interesting because the TICATs obviously have the best run defense in the league. Um, so you know, it's gonna be a big battle. But Jake's sort of done done enough. He's looked good. I I I'm not gonna say he's looked, you know. I'm, I'm not going to make the case that he should be replacing Zach Kolaris as MOP, but he's been, he's been pretty decent.
1: Um, he will have to kind of probably be paying a little bit extra attention to his, uh, his blind side going into this one, a, a bit of a change at left tackle. What have you seen at that spot uh, this week? And uh, as I, I double check my depth chart here, what do you think of uh, Thornton sliding in there at that spot? Cause obviously we know what Mason Bennett can do. We've seen what Micah Johnson can do. I mean, that's going to be an important part of the football field.
0: For sure, and I mean, let's be clear. This has been the best offensive line in the CFL, um, yep. bar none. I mean, they have they've allowed what twelve sacks. The second least in the league is twenty three. Um, they they're running the ball more than any other team. Um, but Derek Dennis, I I would he would have had my vote probably for most outstanding offensive lineman. So he's their sort of normal left tackle veteran guy. He went down. And that hurts, but mm-hmm. I'd also been waiting to see a guy named Josh Coker, who um, is one of those guys who was on the practice roster for a while. And, and, you know, but you knew the team was high on him. Well, Josh Coker didn't last a half before he tore his biceps. So, <laughs> um, so they're sort of damned options three, four. And I, so it, it, it's Hugh Thornton and, and Bryce Bell, who Bryce Bell's a Canadian guy who's sort of been that number six guy who can play every position. So um, I wouldn't say it's panic mode yet, but, mm-hmm. um, Thornton's got 37 games of NFL experience, I think. Unless, you know, <laughs> people, I people don't need a fact check. <laughs> like He's got a lot of NFL experience. So I, I still think he'd be a good player. But yeah, I mean, like left tackle is a huge position. So um, I, I certainly think that is an area where, as I said, I, I, I think – the Stampeders are at right their best when Kadeem Carey is running for about 100 yards a game. Mm-hmm. Ticats don't allow many running backs to run for hundreds. That is that is the area that I am focused on
1: for sure. Uh, I mean, it helps having McHugh in there in the middle, though, right? I mean, we've seen what veteran leadership. So for you know for the Ticats, we got we got Rev playing his 100th career CFL game. Uh, this month. I mean that. How important is that that presence, that veteran? Because I have to imagine there, there was probably a lot of one-on-ones at practice this week or, or some extra attention to that spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that having Sean McKeown, I, I, who ultimately has been an all-star how many times now, uh, <laughs> you know, has come in and uh, when he signed in Calgary, that was obviously a homecoming, um, but really, really brought a stability to, to the offensive line. And I think we've seen the guys on either side of him are not guys who necessarily, I think, get the headlines they deserve. Um, you know, out west, everyone just wants to talk about Winnipeg all the time, and then the riders take up so much air that it's ridiculous to say the Stampeders go under the radar. They don't, but they might not get the same attention. But Ryan Sevier and Zach Williams there have been really exceptional. And I I think Julian Good Jones has been as any good as anybody at right tackle. But yeah, it's uh it's it's it, it it all sort of starts with McEwen, he's the captain. Um I have no questions anywhere other than left tackle there. Yeah. <laughs> um and then, I mean, it, it's, I don't know how much Stampeders you've watched, but it truly is um, this combination of Kadeem Carey, who will be the, all, the, the running back all-star for the CFL this year, and then they bring yeah. in a little Hayden Logan, um, and they can just sort of go, you know, the big banger who can hmm. do anything, and then they bring in the speed with Logan, and it's a lot of fun to watch.
1: Uh, I mean, do you, do you feel validated for all your uh, Kadim Carey praise you, you were throwing on him last year? I mean, because, I, like, I mean, you, you were probably the only one, to, I mean, rightfully so, uh, being the guy who's there every day. But, I mean, do you feel validated for his performance this year after after all the hype you were talking him up last year? Yeah,
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like, from day one, you kind of looked at Kadeem Carey, and you know how this is. There are some football players where you look at it, and you're just like, oh, he looks, he looks <laughs> different. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Kadim's one of those guys. Um, So, yeah, a little bit validated. I mean, I think that, you know, here in Calgary, we don't have the media that some of the other Western markets do. So I probably take a little bit more. I put it on myself to, you know, maybe hype up some guys in ways that other beat reporters might not. But it's exclusively because, you know, we don't have a columnist. We don't have. Yeah. Thirty radio guys who right? I don't know who they worked for in Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, the eighteen,
1: of- the eighteen talk radio stations in Saskatchewan, yeah. which we love. Different. By the way, don't get us wrong here as we're on this podcast, and <laughs> I, I, I hope to bring some of them back on this show one day. So I, I can't. <laughs> <Sorry. talk.
0: laughs> um, but no, I mean Kadim has been exceptional, and again, the reality is, I mean this this offense. Reggie Bagleton's been very good as at receiver, but hasn't maybe put up the huge numbers we were expecting. Kamar Jordan is out for the year. Malik Henry will not be playing in this game. So uh, when I said that this offense is like goes through Kadim Carey, I'm not lying. Like it is, yeah. it is. Kadim is it, it stirs everything, um, and we're gonna see. I mean, I, I think that it is. I think that the Ticats will have trouble scoring on the Stampeders, but I also think that the Stampeders may have trouble scoring on the Ticats.
1: It should be an uh, interesting battle to watch. I want to get your perspective on on Don Jackson, because, uh, I mean, him and West Hills, it's either been one or the other this these past two seasons. Now it's West Hills, and I think it takes a really mature player to come out and say, you know, I'm comfortable with the role. I mean, he might not be happy with it. Everybody wants to start. Everybody wants to play. You covered Don Jackson. I know, I know you know him well. What have you seen from his maturity in the last little bit here that that I mean it works in Hamilton? He pushes West Hills to be better. It's not a source of, of drama because I, I just feel like it takes a certain kind of player. And I know Wes talked about it, you know, shout out to to Donnie this week. But as someone who's covered him, what, what have you seen? Outside looking in, uh, from number five uh, in the black and gold.
0: Yeah, I mean Don Jackson's one of my favorite people in the CFL. Uh, he always has been. I right from right from the start, he brought an energy. And, and the thing is, Don is a passionate guy. Um, as anyone who knows, I mean he. But you know, he, I, I also think that he does have a maturity to him, and, and I think that's yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of a little bit similar to Billy by Mitchell here in Calgary, mm-hmm. where it's a guy who you know wants to start like, you know, they're probably disappointed to not be out there on the field. They're putting in all the work and not really getting to play. What these guys love doing is playing football. Um, but I think sometimes the difference between athletes and, and guys like you and me is they, they can deal with professional disappointment yeah. and, and turn it into harder work, turn it into focusing on making themselves better and, and supporting their teammates. Um, and I really respect that Don is doing that. And I, I, I think that uh, that's the stuff that it, I'm, I'm, I think it's cool you asked because I, I don't think that fans always necessarily see that. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> with Bo out here, I got a million questions about when, when he was removed. And yeah. the same thing I said was, I was like, yeah, man, like he's going to be disappointed. I also know this guy. Like, yeah. this is not the first time he's been disappointed. He's okay. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll work and help Jake Mayer. And it's all you can ask from an athlete. And I think we're seeing that from Don.
1: Yeah. Uh, great, great comparison there. And uh, I know, I know you, you know, Donnie well, so I want to get your thoughts on that. Okay, let's get back to the game on uh, Friday, 745 local kick time. I don't know who's making the schedule lately, but uh, uh you know why that happened? Like why? I thought it was 730.
0: And then yesterday yeah. they were like, well, it's 745. I mean, I think we know who to blame, but
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, I think we do too. Uh, yeah. It's nine forty-five <laughs> years. so like, I'm just upset. I got to do sports tomorrow at 11 o'clock on CH. Uh, so I'm a little upset that I won't get the full highlights until the next day, but seven forty-five kick kickoff. Let's talk about the game itself. Uh, the Calgary stamp you, you mentioned that you don't think there's going to be a lot of points. You think it's going to be a low scoring affair. What, what will the stamps need to do though, to win it?
0: I mean, I, I, feel like i've said run the ball a million times and i feel like i'm (laughs) the most boring guest you've ever had just repeating myself, Uh, impossible. no but i do i i do think that's it i mean um again where the stamps areas of strength have been their ground game their offensive line um offensively and then a defense that honestly it's relentless like uh sean lemon second in the league in sacks you've got mike rose who's you know backed up micah johnson and certainly benefited that but uh, from that and is now sort of playing at you know a league best level The defensive line doesn't stop the the cam judge jameer thurman linebacking duo just is everywhere all at once it's insane uh they drop into coverage they're sometimes on the pass rash um and finally the sort of defensive backfield which has been hurt all year i hear these guys talk in, in winnipeg about the injuries they've had and i'm like trust me mm-hmm. if you were paying attention to what happened to the stamps dbs i mean they're they're down to like their fifth boundary corner or field corner at this point. But um look, I, I ultimately think that they just have to play defensively solid Um and be ready for a Ticats team that, you know, like ultimately I don't think the Ticats losing this game means that they're not, that they're out of the playoff run. They got games against Ottawa. They're to winnable <laughs> Um, and I don't think that the riders are beating the St. Peters twice. So the, the, you can sort of plot the, the thing for, but you gotta be ready for the team that's coming in and playing desperate football. Um, and is likely still not fully over. And I don't know if I can say collapse on Ticats TV. Here, you can but,
1: go for it. Yeah. Go for but, it. Yeah. You know, yeah a, sure.
0: Pretty embarrassing collapse back in, in, at the beginning of the season. Where the Titans should have won
1: that game. As long as you don't bring up sixty to one, uh, we're in Calgary. We're we're okay. So as long as you don't bring up sixty to one in a game in which Calgary could have won eighty eight to one, uh, we'll be okay.
0: I didn't bring that up although I will argue that that was a sort of turning point it really did feel like that was sort of a turning point for the Ticats. that was the low and then they started to climb out of it
1: that was that was rock bottom that was after a fight uh that occurred uh during the week in between Calgary and Edmonton uh yeah that was uh that was that was that was a low point for sure uh Danny uh, I appreciate you doing this as always my friend uh thank you for connecting this morning and uh, enjoy the game on Friday it should be a good one
0: Peace, buddy. Thanks for having me on.
1: And my thanks to Danny Austin for joining me today. My thanks to you as well. This has been Speaking with the Enemy, presented by Red Tag, who says summer is over. Set your own rules and secure your winter escape from the hottest Caribbean destinations with redtag.ca. With resorts selling out fast, now is time to secure your spot on the beach. See the world your way with redtag.ca. Book now. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Enjoy the game this week. It's the Cats. It's the Stampeders. And as always, you'll be able to catch it right here on the Cats Audio Network. I'm Louis Potco. Hoping you have a great day.